Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DoorDash. I'm Chris Kennedy. Don Brock is with me to take you through all the round one team lists, the biggest week of the year in NRL Fantasy. Dom, my eyes are spinning from the day that we've had, but we're ready to talk some teams. Yeah, massive day in the uh, fantasy calendar. The first round uh, team lists are in. We're all going to uh, you know, pull apart our teams and, and start again probably after seeing these. But yeah, it's not a bad week of team lists compared to some things we saw last season. A lot of talking points though. Yeah, no outrageously good surprises or, like you said, huge disappointments really either. Let's get straight into it. Um, huge blockbuster to start the weekend. The Storm and the Rabbitohs down there at Amy Park. First game down there in a long time. Um, Storm team list. No huge surprises. Brinko Lee out injured means uh, Rima Smith in the centres. George Jennings gets a chance on the wing. Brandon Smith, obviously, is the hooker with Harry Grant out injured. Nelson Asifa Solomona at lock. Um, bench is pretty much as per. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I guess Brandon Smith being the talking point at the moment with uh, Harry Grant's injury, he'll start at hooker for the first uh, maybe three weeks and then go back to his usual, you know, lock roll or bench, you know, middle forward. So a bit of value in the first three rounds, uh, perhaps if he plays big minutes uh, at hooker, which I guess we can expect. Um, Otherwise, I think Ryan Pappenhausen's probably the best buy in this Storm team. Uh, Kicking goals as he was in the trials. Cameron Munster's another good one, but without the goal kicking, he might not be as, um, you know, uh, quality half in fantasy as he, you know, would have been with the goals. But even without that, no Cameron Smith means there's got to be more um, kicking in general play and playmaking in general to go around and, and Munster and Hughes and Pappenhausen will have to pick that up. Anything on the cheapy front? Thoughts on Remus Smith at about 300k, exactly 300k, about to be dual position, I believe. Yeah, maybe. So do we think he shifts to the wing long term later on? Potentially, After a few yeah. Games I mean, centers? Brinko Lee's out injured. Does I mean, if, if Remus goes really well, does Brinko still take his spot back? Yeah, you know, obviously, Brinko's a grand final winner, but he's not, you would say, a, an automatic selection in this storm back line. Yeah, 300k is a good price. Um, I guess a few question marks, but regardless, if he, even if he's on the wing, he should get um, you know some price rises uh, with that starting price. So he's not in my team at the moment, but you know one to consider. The Storm are a team who can score a lot of points, obviously, so he's going to get try scoring chances. The uh, Rabbitohs team, pretty much exactly what we had in our round one predicted team list, other than uh, the switcheroo, Jacob Host actually grabs that starting edge spot over Keon Kolomatungi, which means Kolomatungi does not get uh, a dual position update in round one. Um, still a chance to get it later in the season. He's also probably not um, someone you really want in your fantasy yeah. team if he's coming off the bench either. He's pretty much priced in if he's going to be uh, doing what he did last year. Latrell Mitchell in a lot of teams, a uh, bit of an up-and-down scorer, but red-hot, obviously, through the trials. Um, otherwise, it's all pretty much business as usual. Yeah, so a little disappointing uh, for Colin Tungy and fantasy owners who were planning on having him in their team. He's actually more expensive than Jacob Host, but um, maybe more upside if he did play big minutes. Uh, on an edge host we've seen before a couple of years ago a lot of us jumped on and he wasn't that great still he he averages high 30s when he starts and plays big minutes on an edge so priced in the I think mid 20s or maybe high 20s so yeah value there if he hits that um, high 30 score I don't know if he's going to keep that spot all season but certainly some value at 354k host uh, Latrell we talked about a bit in the winger fullback uh, episode. Uh, yeah, don't know if he's quite a keeper, but certainly underpriced a little bit based on last season's performances. Yeah, Hoster and Latrell, I think both are guys who are probably going to make some money, but whether they're going to make enough or score well enough to be uh, compelling fantasy uh, inclusions is another question. Yep. Uh, Friday footy kicks off with the Knights and the Bulldogs up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Um, plenty of interest around the Knights, probably um, some 
cautionary pieces of advice in terms of players who are missing who are to come back in the next few weeks. So we've got Tex Hoy at fullback, Ponga back about round four or five. Yep. Startoa, Giamat Shibasaki on the wings with Inari Tuala at centres. Um, few guys there, Heimel Hunt, Edric Lee, obviously, <coughs> to come back in. Jaden yep. Braley plays his first game in a year um, in the, the number nine role. Uh, Connor Watson at lock is going to be in a lot of teams uh, to start the season. Uh, bench nothing too exciting. So thoughts on this one? Yeah, quite a bit there, isn't there? So Connor Watson, I think, is a must-have player as a starting lock. Um, he can score really well in fantasy, gets a lot of tackle breaks. And if he's playing in the middle for big minutes, you know, he'll get a lot of tackles as well and run meters and the like. So he's a really good price, 323K bargain for a starting lock. So uh, I like him as a buy. Jaden Braley as well, not quite as cheap, but... He'll be an 80-minute hooker this season. Hasn't played under the six-again rules yet, so uh, he should score, you know, low to mid-40s. He's priced around 30, so great value again. And, yeah, as you say, the rest are a bit risky. So the outside backs are basically all going to change, I think, when the Knights are full strength. Bradman Best will, obviously, stay there all year in the centres. But, um, yeah, Hoy is... Uh, going to fill the fullback role for maybe three weeks, which is probably not enough unless he has three massive games to start the season. If Ponga stays out for longer, you know, five or six weeks, then Hoy could end up being goodbye, but we don't really know at this point. So, mm. yeah, a lot of people will buy Hoy, but it is a little bit of a risk, I think. Kicking goals, we think. Yeah, it helps. And yeah. he's a good attacking player. So if the Knights do get some big wins, you know, they play some of the weaker teams in the opening three uh, rounds, so there's some chance of uh, some good wins in saying that the Knights were not uh, at their best in the trial against Melbourne. So yeah, wouldn't be that surprised if there's an upset here. So... Yeah, I think Hoy's a bit too risky for me, but some upside and, and maybe a lot if Ponga stays out for a while. Yeah, it's every week counts, right? If Ponga's back yeah. in round four, it's not enough. If he's back in round six, then it's definitely enough. Absolutely. And if it's in between, then um, he's sort of right on that that borderline. Um, Dog's team is quite interesting. A guy who's been in a lot of teams through the preseason, Jake Avarillo, um, fantasy centre, I think, uh, hasn't got the he's got the dual position update to come, I believe. Oh no, he's already got it. Um, just double checking. There. Um, so he had a was it elbow injury in yep. the preseason. So he's named to start. Um, he'll be popular, assuming he does uh, line up there in round one. Um, Corey Allen is the new face at fullback. Cole Flanagan, um, obviously pretty. Uh, heftily priced after his season at the Roosters last year as a new halfback. A few surprises in the pack. Elliot and Corey Waddell are the two edge forwards, Jackson at lock. Um, Brad Dietz come from the mm. clouds to take a, a bench hooker role with Jeremy Marshall King out and Sione Katoa uh, starting. He's not even in the, the top 30 and probably just a, a one-off um, game for him. Um, thoughts on the dog side? Quite a lot of new faces, aren't there, in the Bulldogs yeah. team? Trent Barrett making a lot of changes. Um, yeah, Avarillo's the big one, 302,000 starting 5'8". Can score really well without kicking. Um, we don't expect him to kick much, but his tackle breaks are good. His run meters can be good. He can score tries. He can set up tries. So uh, he looks like he's going to be first choice 5 8 uh, for the foreseeable future. So great by there. I think Flanagan's a bit overpriced, as you mentioned. Um, he had a lot of tries and goals and whatnot mm. at the Roosters last season, which might be hard to match at the Dogs. Um, Nick Kotrick's interesting, pretty pricey for a centre. Yeah, um, a bit too pricey for my liking, but potential is there that he goes he goes big. What else? Jack Hetherington. I don't know if you mentioned he's starting at prop. I think so. Three twenty k. No, I didn't, but yeah, uh, pretty cheap for a starting prop. He's never really been a great fantasy scorer, even with good minutes last year. He had some lowish scores, so no guarantees there. 
um, yeah, so Avarillo's on my team. The rest I'm not sure about, but a few interesting things and a lot of new faces could mean uh, you know some emerging fantasy stars in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely could. I think Kotrick's an interesting one. He, he seems to get most of his points from you know busts and, and tries. I'm not sure that losing a lot of that at centre for the sake of an extra 12 yeah. or 10 or 12 points in tackles is going to help him that much. One thing um, in that last trial, I did look back at it, he was playing left centre but dropping back to the wing on the last tackle when they were defending um, a bit to get those kick okay. returns. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing that they go with um, full-time. But, yeah, he needs those kick returns really to get those tackle-breaking opportunities. And if he does do that, if he gets you know defends at centre for five tackles, four tackles, and gets a few tackles in that set and then moves back and then gets the potential run metres and tackle breaks, mm. he could end up being a pretty good you know best-of-both-worlds centre and yeah. winger fullback. That's an interesting one. Um, big game on... Uh, uh, Friday night there up at Suncorp Stadium, the Broncos and the Eels. Eels are a pretty commanding record against Brisbane of late. Brisbane, obviously, a lot of changes, particularly with the uh, the coach, Kevin Walters, coming in. All eyes will be on them after the season they had last year. Um, probably more speculation over a few of their spots through the off-season than almost any other team. Um, after a lot of back and forth, Brody Croft will mm-hmm. be the halfback. It looked like being Tom Dearden uh, pretty much all through the preseason. But Croft has got there. Um, a very cheap Anthony Milford at 5'8", after a disappointing season for him last year, Jermaine. Isaaco is the fullback. Um, Tessie New will be a dual position. He moves into the centres. A um, few interesting ones in the forward pack as well. Jake Turpin, quite cheap as a, a starting hooker with McCulloch having gone to the Dragons um, and he missed a fair bit of time with injury last year. Jordan Ricky, who was good in the um, All-Stars game, starts in the second row. Um, plenty to, to pick apart at the uh, the Broncos. Yeah, I think the big winners from the team list are Jordan Ricky starting in the second row. He's been pigeonholed all preseason as a, a good cash cow, um, less than 350 grand. So great value for a starting uh, forward who might play 80 minutes every week. So uh, he's a good one. Jake Turpin, I think another big winner with no bench hooker named uh, today. So 533 isn't bargain basement or anything, but he could score, you know, 50 points a game uh, pretty easily playing uh, at hooker for, for the full 80. So he looks good. Milford's the big question mark, mm. I think. Um, I mean, yeah, all that speculation you mentioned about who's going to play halfback doesn't really have any bearing on fantasy directly because um, Croft and Dearden aren't huge fantasy scorers regardless. But I guess it shows that Milford's the only, you know, rusted mm. on definite half in that in this team. So maybe that means he's going to have, you know, a larger playmaker role than whoever he's playing with. Who knows? But uh, regardless, if he gets back to 2019 fantasy scoring, which means a lot of kick meters... And then, you know, try assist, tries, whatnot, then he's great value right now. I think he's priced at around 30. He has scored, I think it was 54 points a game that year, yeah. which is great. Uh, last year, he was not great. So, yeah, tricky one. But if you think the Broncos in general are going to be better, then Milford's a pretty good uh, player to pick up. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, 300000 or more below his, his best price. But whether he can get yeah. close to that is the, the big question. There's a few others. I, I guess with Brisbane... They were so bad last year that there's just upside everywhere if they get back to mid-table. Matt Lodge is pretty cheap for a starting prop who averaged, again, 50 points or better two years ago. Um, Jermaine Azarko could be underpriced a bit for a goal-kicking fullback. He's not super cheap, but um, priced at 30, might score around 40. Bit of a gamble, but there's not that many great winger fullback options. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the team, Payne Haas comes back in in a month. Yeah, I'm not quite sure there's anyone fantasy relevant who really needs to to be aware of that 
happening. Uh, you, you wouldn't think, I mean, worst case, I guess, Haas comes back at prop and Pangai moves to the edge, but I feel like they're pretty invested in Pangai yeah. being a, a middle now. I think so, so. Jordan Ricky should be safe. Um, Eels team, uh, very low on surprises there. Tom Opacek gets the uh, vacant centre spot, which uh, we all thought was going to happen. The rest of the team is pretty much, well, the starting 13 is basically what it was uh, last year, exactly what it was last year. Um, Isaiah Papali'i and Keegan Hipgrave come in um, for their club debuts on the interchange. Yeah, not much much exciting fantasy-wise is there. I think Nathan Brown's probably a little underpriced. He could be one of those top-line keepers in the middle this season. Um, elsewhere, Moses and Madison were good last year. They'll be good this year. Upper Chetch is pretty cheap. I don't know how good he's going to be. Mm. Um, much else. Blake Ferguson didn't score any tries last year. Could yeah. score more, but he's still you know, a winger, so risky in fantasy. Yeah, I don't think he's really got the upside to be worthwhile. I mean, Moses... Bearing in mind he was struggling with that calf injury through most of last year, yeah. so if he's fully fit and he's running the ball a bit more and um, gets his attacking mojo back, he might go back to being one of the real premium uh, halves in, in fantasy. But um, yeah, otherwise there's not. You know, Madison's kind of appealing because of the change to middle and edge forward. So it's he and, and Crichton are two of the real big guns on the edge. But um, yeah, not much else really worth delving into. Why don't we move straight on to Saturday football, a, a game I can't wait mm. for um, to kick us off. The, the Warriors and the Titans up there um, at Gosford Central Coast Stadium, a Warriors home game. Um, some interesting things both for general rugby league and also for fantasy. We'll start off with the Warriors um Ewan Aitken club debut at centre, but the action's in the pack. Wade Egan shrugged off an elbow injury to be fit at uh, hooker. Adam Fanua Blake comes across to bolster the forward pack. Uh, Bailey Sirenen and Ellie Katoa start on the edges, which is a bit intriguing. Ben Murdoch-Masila uh, goes back to the bench. Uh, as much as Nathan Brown through the, the pre-season was talking about Murdoch-Masila specifically as an edge forward, it sounds like he might be sort of there to cover a bit of both. Yep. Um, and yeah, Lisa, Lisa and Armia Bunty are both uh, back into the 17 after missing pretty much all of last year through injury. What are your thoughts on the Warriors? Yeah, a lot of either new or returning players in that pack, which could mean a lot of fantasy options or they could cancel each other out and not much could uh, could be that fantasy relevant. But, you know, we didn't think Egan and Katoa were going to start, I think, in round one. So good that they've yeah. both been named. Yeah, they might be late um, withdrawals, but at this point they're both playing. Egan, um, there's no specialist hookers on the bench, but there is Jazz Tavanga who has played a hooker in the past. So... I assume Egan won't get the full 80 minutes, but he might be good value anyway at 440, uh, 441k. Uh, Murdoch Masilla, I think, is a no-go now that he's on the bench, even though he might get decent minutes, as you say, filling both those middle and edge roles. Um, Sirenin, 440, starting maybe 80 minutes, second rower. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I don't see a huge amount of upside. I mean, he was pretty good last year when he took over from Ethan Lowe. Yeah. I'm not sure he's going to get a lot better than that. And can I just jump in as someone who started last year with Wade Egan as a cash cow <laughs> when he was a lot cheaper than he is now? You were very early on the uh, Wade Egan yeah, train. Yeah, I did sell him for a profit, so that was nice. But um, I'm prepared to say he's pretty much priced in now, so I would caution against spending what is it, 441k on Fair Wade enough. Egan to start uh, 2021. That's uh, just a little tip from a, a prior Wade Egan owner in fantasy. Anything else for the Warriors before we jump across? Not really. I'm just looking at Serenin's numbers. As a starter, he averages 40. He's priced at 33, so probably not quite enough upside there, mm. uh, fantasy-wise. Uh, yeah, that's about it, I think, for the Warriors. A lot of people, have we said, have uh, Fusatura in their team. He's not a good fantasy scorer. 
don't don't have him. Yeah, it's pretty much tries or nothing for the yeah. Fuss. I would uh, look elsewhere. Uh, Titans, plenty of uh, intrigue around them. Um, a little bit in the backs. AJ Brimson, starting fullback, uh, didn't play the first half of last year. Finished like a house on fire. He'll be very good this year. Uh, Patrick Herbert makes his club debut in the centres. Um, Jamal Fogarty, one of the real cash cows of last year. Fogarty. Um, <laughs> He starts in the halves and will be the goal kicker this year. But all the actions in the pack. Tino Fasua Malawi, the most owned player in fantasy in the 13. David Fafida looked powerful in the trials and through the preseason. He comes across to take one of those edge spots. Um, Wallace and Mo Fodawaka, the starting props. Um, Tyron Peachy, who was pretty useful last year, goes back to that bench utility role. Yeah, the Titans could do anything this year, and I wouldn't be that surprised. They could mm. finish fourth. They could miss the eight. Who knows? They were great at the end of last season, as you mentioned, and have some really big recruits. Um, Big Tino, the most owned player in fantasy. Um, He's not in my team, but I can see why he's in a lot of teams. Uh, I don't know. I think that one try scored in the trial a couple of weeks ago just got a lot of people convinced that they have to have him. Uh, He could get an 80. He could get a 40. Who knows? I think he's going to be a player, even though he's going to be a star starting middle forward, he's going to get probably mostly scores in the 40s with the odd big score. So you're going to want, you know, if every second week is a 60, then you're doing great. Yeah. If it's, you know, four forties in a row and then a big score, it's probably not worth it. But um, we'll wait and see. Maybe his minutes go up to around 50 or 60. I mean, sorry, 55 or 60, and he uh, becomes a consistent scorer. We'll wait and see. Uh, Fafita, I think, really good um, scorer already. Pretty good price. He's a good keeper to start with. Um, yeah, the others are, I think, kind of risky. So Fogarty could be a cut price keeper if he plays as well as he did at the end of last season. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's already expensive. So, yeah. yeah, he's still a lot cheaper than your DCEs, monsters, and and whatever. He kicked goals in the trial, so if he becomes a mid fifty scorer, he's good value. Um, it's still a bit of an if. You know, their outside backs could score well. We mentioned Brian Kelly in the centres episode. If uh, the Titans start winning a lot of games, those guys are going to get try scoring chances. But yeah, for Feeder and and Big Tino are the two uh, the two big ones to to watch this week. Yeah, I'm with you on Tino. I don't think he's must have by any stretch. I think he will make some money. I think it was a, it was the start of last year. He was playing really small minutes off the bench for yep. the Storm, and then he had some really huge games at the back end that I won't say cancelled out, but it certainly inflated his price. I think he's still underpriced for a starting lock given his his ceiling. But yeah, I don't think he's going to. I think he'll make some money, but not yeah. enough to be an The risk is have. he's in that bracket of not being a cash cow and not being a keeper, and yeah. then you're kind of stuck with a okay play you have to sell anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. We yeah. could have an egg in our faces if he starts reeling off 60s. Yeah, well, I've got him on my team, so I'm covered. <laughs> okay, I've, good. I've cautioned him, and I've still got him, so yeah. I'm win-win on sitting on the fence. Uh, Roosters and the Sea Eagles at 5.30 at the SCG on Saturday. Um, I'm anticipating a Roosters win in this one, just looking at these mm-hmm. teams. Sorry, Manly fans. Um, Lachlan Lamb, uh, as we all knew and expected, gets the um, the starting six jersey next to Luke Keary. Um, it's pretty much all as expected. James Tedesco obviously is a, a gun uh, in the fullback spot. Um, Siwa Taukiaho, probably the, the main goal kicker when he's on. Adam Kieran on the bench, is, um, there's a few whispers that was going to happen but um, he's a, a sharpshooter so he could take um, some of the shots when CY gets a rest um, Hargreaves on the bench but uh, Trent Robinson's not really a stranger to, to mixing up a, a you know a trio of big middles and, and putting a good prop on the bench to, to keep the impact up when um, when the changes start happening so pretty much mostly is expected for the Roosters. Yeah good point on Kieran there we were getting quite excited as uh, Tedesco fans last week that he was going to um, kick goals when Takiyahu was uh, off the field 
field uh, late in games, but if Kieran's there, maybe he gets the goal kicking in those uh, in those periods. Um, who knows? We'll wait and see. Uh, otherwise, yeah, as you say, Tedesco is great. Uh, Angus Crichton is great. Lachlan Lamb, you're a bit down on him as a cash cow option. He's not super cheap, 446, mm. underpriced for a starting half who has scored reasonably well in the past when he gets decent game time. Yeah, what are your he's just a bit more expensive than I'd like him to be for his relative experience level and the position that he's yep. in. I'm pretty sure one of those big scores he had last year, he came on, he, he was playing from the bench as a utility and uh, Jake Friend got, I think it was concussed very early in the game and he played pretty much a whole game at, at hooker and his score was inflated. Um, I'm expecting him to be probably a mid-30 scorer as the non-dominant half and his break-even's what, about 34 or 36 already. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I like him as a player. I think mm. he's going to be good for the Roosters this year but as a fantasy cash cow I just don't see a lot of upside I don't think a cash cow or a keeper yeah I guess there's other guys in the same position at a similar price uh, Milford is a bit cheaper than him and Milford scored 50 plus in the past across a whole season Chad Townsend I think is at the same price at the Sharks and he's going to kick goals I think and yeah. do most of the kicking in general play which Lamb uh, won't um, then you've got um, Lachlan Croker we're going to talk about is a starting hooker for Manly and cost 300 grand um, which is a lot cheaper than Lamb. So, yeah, a few alternatives there, I suppose, if you're looking for that cheap half. Well, let's jump straight into the Manly team. Um, Dylan Walker gets the fullback mm. jersey with Tom Trevojevic injured. Morgan Harbour played there in the trials. Jason Saab uh, is the new winger alongside Ruben Garrick. George Tafur out for at least, what, six or eight weeks or so with that Achilles injury. Uh, Kieran Foran back on the beaches alongside DC in the halves. Lachlan Croker, who you just mentioned, uh, had a bit of a hammy issue through the trials, but he gets the starting nine jersey. Um, Jack Gajewski gets the starting edge roll ahead of Andrew Davey. I'm not sure about that for a team selection. He's obviously sort of got the longevity in the, the role, but he's a bit of a dual sort of middle slash edge. And Andrew mm. Davey, I just like his um, his offloading and his edge play. I feel like that might, they might have missed a little bit of a trick there. Um, Tavita Funa on the bench is a weird one. He's an outside back, but um, probably with a, a few utilities at the back, maybe they can uh, you know move a few things around. Where do you see the value in the Manny side? Well, I guess Croker there with no bench hooker, it looks like just about must have at his price. Lock and Croker has never been a great fantasy scorer, but he's also, I think, never started at hooker. So the potential there that he plays, even if it's 60 minutes at hooker, tackling in the middle. As you say, games like this one against the Roosters, Manly's probably going to have to do a lot of defending. So a lot of tackles up for grabs, maybe missed tackles as well for uh, middle defenders like Croker will be. Um, elsewhere, Walker's an interesting one. I had not considered him really at all all preseason, and now he's starting fullback. He probably still won't be in my team, but dual position centre slash half. Any centres that are going to get good scores are handy. What do you yeah. think? Has he ever played fullback? He's played a couple of games years One or ago. Two. Yeah. I was at a game. I think it was at the Sydney Football Stadium or Allianz as we were calling it at the time. It was, I think, it was Roosters and Souths. Um, it was definitely Souths, and Dylan Walker played fullback, and he uh, he was taking these Carmichael Hunt esque kick returns. Yeah, absolutely gassed himself within 15 minutes <laughs> had to be moved back into back out wide. I think Alex, Alex Johnston or whoever it was took yeah. over at fullback. He's as a fullback, I've, he he makes a good centre. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how long this is going to even if. Turbo is back in round four or five. I'm not sure how long this lasts. But at 3.17, he's underpriced if he just goes back to his best, anywhere near his best at yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, risky, but, but you know, possible upside there. Um, I think that's probably it. Until they make changes, if, if Davey or Schuster or someone comes into the team later on, there'll be great value. But at this point, I think Croak is probably the standout. Yeah, Schuster's, I mean, he's in a lot of teams based on people hoping he got a yeah. starting spot. With four in there, 
I think Schuster's only real spot is is six. I don't, you know, he could come off the bench, but then you don't really want him in your fantasy team. Anyway. I guess, yeah, I guess it's pretty much back up if Foran gets injured, which is a chance, or if they muck around with a hooker role and Croker splits that time with Foran playing dummy half and Schuster comes in. But yeah, not going to happen in round one yeah. by the looks of things. I think Croker, like you said, is pretty close to must have in the 21, but ideally not someone you're, yeah. you're counting on for your, your top 17 scorer spots, uh, if possible. Um, Super Saturday finishes off out at Panthers Stadium, Penrith hosting the Cowboys. Um, Charlie Staines is the new winger with uh, Josh Mansour having uh, moved across to the Rabbitohs. Paul Momorowski comes in as the new uh, centre. Um, obviously some, um, some info Form halves based on last year, uh, fantasy form, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary might potentially both be a little bit overpriced for what uh, we can expect from this year, in my personal opinion. Um, Kurt Capewell comes back into the starting edge role ahead of uh, Liam Martin. Spencer Linu on the bench and Moses Leota in the starting team may be soaking up some of those uh, middle minutes from um, the guys that have departed, like James <coughs> Tamo and Zane Tedovano. Yeah, I think uh, Linu and Leota are both... Underpriced. Um, Linear is only 307k, so if he can get close to 40 minutes a game, he scores it, I think, a little better than a point a minute, or he did last year. So he could be one of those uh, middle forwards who scores well even off the bench in fantasy, mm. certainly for, for his price. Um, elsewhere, Kirk Capel starting at um, second row is kind of interesting. He didn't really. He lost that spot last year to Liam Martin. Uh, he only started a handful of times, four times. One of them he got injured. He had a couple of big scores. Um, he scored a few tries as well, so that inflates it. So it's hard to really know what he's going to get. Um, 504K, he's not super cheap, but maybe yeah. if he gets up to scoring above 50, he's he's very good value if that's the case. Otherwise, yeah, Cleary, um, as we've said, is already the um, easily the most owned captain. Uh, in fantasy, he's probably overpriced, but you know, a very safe option. He's in my team right now as well, even though I think he's going to decline a little based on last year. But um, but even so, very very safe, and especially because you know most of the most of the rest of the fantasy uh, world has got him as well. So if he does really well and you haven't got him, you might be kicking yourself if he gets a, one of his big hundreds in the first few rounds. Yeah, I think that's um, that's all good analysis. Just on Lenny, I was going to add, he's a he's a really dynamic forward. So he's one of those middles who's got some bit of offloading, a bit of footwork, combustor tackle. So he's a guy who who can produce over a point per minute um, if he's not playing a, a huge spell on the field. Um, Cowboys team, interesting. I, I quite like this move, Scott Drinkwater at fullback and Val Holmes on the wing. I think Holmes one of the best wingers in the world leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of being a top class um, fullback he never quite nailed that spot um, when he's had a chance there before at the Sharks and the Cowboys Todd Payton not afraid to ring the changes uh, the hammer is in the centres I wasn't really expecting that he's uh, he's not the biggest fella going around still one of the youngest in the NRL but um, plenty of attacking abilities highlight reel from his short career already is pretty spectacular uh, big Frankie Molo starting at um, at prop with Josh McGuire back to the bench so um, reputation's been nothing for uh, Todd Payton clearly. Um, Jason Tamalolo at lock, we uh, keep hearing he's going to play slightly smaller minutes. Uh, Reese Robson is the, the hooker with Jake Granville and Ruben Cotter on the bench, although Cotter potentially not there as a, a hooker this year. Yeah, I think Cotter will play middle forward as he did. Uh, he was starting lock in their last trial as well, I think. Yeah. So surely they're not going to play three hookers unless Peyton's got some very creative ideas <laughs> for how rugby league should work this year. But uh, two hookers means that um, Reese Robson's a no-go as well. Um, yeah, fantasy-wise, there's not heaps to go on, is there? So Tamalolo will be good, but probably not quite as good as he was last year, at least in the early part of the season. Um, 
Uh, Val Holmes, yeah, playing on the wing, as you say, good for the team, not really good for his fantasy scores, so I think he's a no-go. Um, Isan Masters had an off year last year and was quite good before that, so there's some upside there, especially if the Cowboys uh, click under Todd Payton and, and improve. He could score some uh, tries and become a keeper as he was a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got any Cowboys in my team. Do you have any? Um, just checking now, and I believe the answer is no, I do not. There's no, yeah, there's too many question marks and no real compelling cases. Um, I, I feel like they're going to improve this year. I really rate Todd Payton as a coach, but it, in fantasy terms, I just don't really see enough upside yep. um, to, to bring anyone in. So a bit of a wait and see on those ones. Straight into Sunday afternoon footy, the Raiders and the West Tigers at GIO Stadium in Canberra. Um, Raiders, I'm going to say fairly low on surprises as well. Seb Chris gets the um, the Jared Croker spot in the centres for what do we think two weeks one or two or weeks yeah. yeah not not too long Bailey Simonson nice and cheap on the wing hasn't really shown a, a habit of scoring big in fantasy but he is very cheap and his spot looks safe which is uh, worth a look I think uh, Josh Hodgson back from his ACL injury at hooker no Tom Starling in the uh, in the side at all is uh, a little bit strange Silva Havili there on the bench you would think probably covers hooker for a, a little bit just given Hodgson's coming off that ACL injury yep Great to see our old friend Ryan James back on the field. Absolutely. Um, capable of some of the, the biggest scores in fantasy history on his day. Don't expect that in the uh, the early rounds there in Jersey 17. Probably be eased back into things, but um, just fantastic to see him back on the field. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario for fantasy is that he gets, you know, some very brief uh, first few games back. He hasn't played for what, more than a year and a half, I think so. Mm. Um, but on his day, he can play 60 minutes or more and, and get massive stats. So maybe he's one to watch later in the season. Um, otherwise, yeah, Simonson, he's very cheap. So his average on the wing is 28, which is nothing to write home about, but he's priced at 18. So that's good enough for him to make probably 150 grand. And if he does better than that, then you know, he's a very good cash cow. So yeah, he might find his way into my uh, emergencies between now and the start of the round. Otherwise, I don't think anything... Anyone else in that team is in my team. Harawira Naira um, getting a couple of weeks suspension at the start of the year has delayed his cash cow possibilities until later, but will be one to watch in a few weeks. Yeah, interesting one with uh, Hudson Young, who actually spoke to uh, last week about just his role this year. I think we saw he had some quietish games on the edge and then really exploded as a middle forward for yeah. Canberra. He still reckons his best spot is, is on the edge, and he said he was still sort of working his way back from an injury when he was on the on okay. the edge. So that was part of the reason why he, he might have come back a little bit slowly in those uh, games. Whether he holds that spot, like you said, when Harawira and Ira's back is the interesting one, but um, he looks like he's the um, the go-to at the moment for, for Ricky Stewart. And, um, yeah, he's a guy who's not really, um, you know, a cash cow so one to avoid so not I think it's all a wait and see pretty much on that Canberra pack for now yep West Tigers, some interesting options. Um, options or traps, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Dane Laurie from the, the Panthers is the fullback, lit up in that trial against Manly. Um, does have players coming back to, to cast a question mark over him. James Roberts at centre, who's um, obviously certainly can attack on his day. Um, Jacob Little, very cheap and likely to play big minutes, if not 80, uh, at hooker. Um, Oh, there's plenty to go through. What what are your sort of key takeaways? Yeah, we just went through a couple of teams who don't have much happening fantasy-wise, mm. and the Tigers have a lot happening. So, yeah, Dane Laurie uh, might be the biggest talking point, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a it's a funny one because objectively, Moses Zembai, experienced player, all preseason, the talk was he's playing fullback. He's been training fullback. They get Laurie, uh, who was going to be a you know third string or something at uh, the Panthers, comes over a year early. Uh, 
might be even filling in this week. So Adam Dewey is um, suspended for a round. So Embi playing five eighth, Laurie playing fullback. Uh, in saying all that, he looked so good in that trial, Dane Laurie, and he's very cheap. So he's so tempting to buy. He's going to be in my team, I think, and just hope for the best that he keeps that spot. If not, you know, from round one onwards, at least he gets enough chances to make a lot of money in fantasy at some point during the season. Yeah, I mean, the the worst case scenario is Dewey comes back in round two, Embi goes to fullback and Laurie goes back to reserve grade. Yeah. But Dewey comes back in round two, Embi goes to the bench, Laurie keeps the fullback spot and he scores yeah. a hat-trick in round Jack one and makes yeah. 50 grand and you've missed it. Like, it's... I almost think you have to have him even though he might be gone in a week yeah, just yeah. because of what you miss out on if, if that doesn't happen. The potential is so high um, if he does kick on straight away. Uh, and, yeah, and even if he gets dropped next week, um, there's, you know, the Tigers, as we've said before, um, Michael Maguire has dropped big names uh, in the past. Yeah. Last year, um, dropped Brooks and uh, Benji at times during the season. So every chance he shakes things up and gives the new kid a chance uh, going forward if he doesn't keep the spot in round one. So, yeah, he's in my team. Uh, I won't be stunned if he's not there next next week, but fingers crossed he uh, gets some big attacking stats. They've got a tricky uh, draw to start the year, the Tigers, so it won't be easy for a rookie fullback, but he's got a lot of uh, a lot of talent, so wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I, I like Moses Embi. I know people love to, to bag him. I think he's a, a good player, but... It, I don't think fullback is his spot. I don't think he's a genuine one. I think probably six is maybe his spot. Um, Laurie is is a an out and out fullback, and he's got some real good uh, sort of attacking skills about him. And I, like you said, Madge is ruthless. He's not afraid to, to drop anyone. He's not fussed about reputations. So, I mean, if Laurie comes out and blitzes it in round one, and they have a win, it's yep. almost impossible to drop him, regardless yep. of who's available from from round two onwards. Um, little we haven't really talked about. I actually, had a chat to him at Concord at the Tigers Media Day last week. He um, specifically said to me he wants to play eighty. He's had a really good summer. His first full preseason in who knows how long. He's feeling fit. We actually spoke about the new rules as well, and he said he was really um, keen to, to take advantage of the new rules, get his running game going. So all the good things you like to hear as a uh, potential fantasy coach. Obviously, his injury history is bad. That sort of two, I think, two major shoulder injuries and then that complete knee blowout in 2019 put him out for, for 12 months. But he looked pretty sharp. He got six games at the end of last year. Loved getting out of dummy half. I, um, I see if he stays fit, there's some huge upside to Jacob Little. Yeah, he's been their planned long-term number nine for a long time, I think, since back before Robbie Farrow left. He was five the, years now. Yeah, yeah he was the next, the next big thing and he's been that, you know, and then his injury last year meant they got Harry Grant, so... So he's not like their fullback option or something. He's been the planned hooker going forward for a while. So, yeah, not a huge surprise that he gets his chance. Um, yeah, fingers crossed he plays 80, which it looks like he will, in which case, absolute, I think, mm. must have at 304,000. Well, that's the other thing. You look at their bench, they've got a, a winger and three props. So you'd think they're, they're looking at uh, Little as an 80-minute man. Um, Unless they'd reshuffle and put M by there a bit or something. Bring the... I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But... Yeah. Obviously, the plan at some point is to move him towards big minutes. I mean, even I mean, it changes in in round two once Adam Dewey is available again. But for round one, you know, if you move Embi to hooker, there's not even really a five eighth. You know, you, even if you put Tommy Talao in the the back line, you're not really going to want Roberts or Leilua at five eighth. So yeah, he looks like he's set for big minutes from the get go. Uh, Jacob Little. Last game of the round, we're almost there. The Dragons <laughs> and the Sharks. Dragons, interesting team list. I'm not quite sure this is what I would have picked. Um, no Jordan Pereira, Cody Ramsey and Mika Ravalawa are the wingers. Um, Josh Kerr still on an edge. I like him as a, a front rower. I don't 
think he's um, an edge forward and he, he looked a bit out of, out of place there in that charity shield loss. Uh, Tyrell Formayono, the starting lock, ahead of um, a few other guys who are specialists in that position. Braden Williami jags a bench spot, um, is also a bit interesting. Um, Jack Bird and Zach Lomax probably both talking points in the centres as well. We knew they were going to play there, but um, both fantasy relevant. Yeah, a bit interesting is how you're describing this team, is it? Yes, that's yeah. how I described it. Yeah, so in terms of fantasy, um, yeah, Fumono starting at lock, 339k, looks good. He's never started a game at lock before. He's been an edge forward and a centre a bit and then mostly a bench player uh, in the last few seasons. So some value there if he keeps a spot somewhere in that uh, back row uh, for a while. Elsewhere, um, yeah, the centres, Jack Bird's been very popular in the preseason. Um, 374k, so not uh, not dirt cheap, but he's been a good scorer in the past. He's had a lot of injuries, so the risk is that he takes a little time to get back to what he was. Um, elsewhere, Daniel Lavaro's under 300k coming mm. off the bench. He's been a, a big stats guy in the past for, for Para, so it comes down to his minutes, really. If he plays 40 minutes, I think he's a very good price if it's only... 25 or 30 then not really so hard to guess for a bench forward but a bit of potential there yeah I mean that's not a bad point as well for, for my owner is Poasa Farmacili, Trent Merrin and Dan, Daniel Avaro all on the bench all um, potentially can play big minutes all play in the middle so um, whether Fui sort of gets a, a bit of a rest he, hopefully he doesn't play half an hour and then spend the rest of the game off the field yeah. but I, I wouldn't rule it out as a, a possibility if you're looking at him as a, uh, a cash cow um, do we talk about McCulloch at all? We haven't um, He's pretty expensive, but not as pricey as the top hookers. Average 65 in his 80-minute games last year. Did score a couple of tries in there, which helps. He might not get a lot of attacking stats in this Dragons team early in the season, um, but he's a, a big you know, defensive workhorse who makes 50 tackles a game, 55 tackles a game maybe. So, uh, yeah, possible keeper, you know, slightly cut price keeper. Not in my team at the moment. Are you considering him? I am not, no. Okay, well... Sharks team. Um, a few interesting ones here as well. Uh, Andrew Fafita, not in the 17 at all. He's mm. been um, punted to the bench. Uh, Aiden Tolman, the, the recruit, gets a, a bench spot um, with the likes of Toby Rudolph, Braden Hamlin, Ueli, Aaron Woods all taking the starting uh, middle spots. Um, Matt Moylan named at six. Sean Johnson not back till mid-season is very cheap with mm. a, uh, a checkered injury history and probably not a, a stellar fantasy record over the past couple of years. So some question marks um, there. Anyone else fantasy relevant you want to go through at the Sharks? Uh, Chad Townsend taking the kicking general play yep. and the goal kicking uh, with Johnson out, which sounds like it could be for a couple of months maybe. So yep. some upside there if Townsend becomes one of those 45, 50-point halves, you know, dominant half with Moylan basically having a, playing a running game. Uh, upside for Townsend. Um, else, well, it's not really. Toby Rudolph starts, but he's close to uh, price to what he's going to yeah. score. I think he was quite good last year. Uh, Moylan, yeah, big risk. Um, if you wind back several years, he was quite good. <laughs> like, in, in fantasy, he scored high 30s. He played for the Blues, obviously, you know, as a star player coming out of Penrith, but that's been a little while that he's had... You know, good, consistent, injury-free mm. season. So um, at his price, you don't need him to be injury-free all year, but you want, you know, six weeks of pretty good scores, and even that seems a bit risky. He's available at wing at full, wing at fullback, which is the big benefit, I think. Um, but, yeah, a little too risky for me, I think. Yeah, interesting. Like, not really for fantasy, but Jack Williams and Billy Magulius, both on the interchange, both have been 
fantasies next Paul Gallon at various times <laughs> in their careers yep. without it really happening. Williams more because he just doesn't appear to be a stats machine and Magulius just hasn't really got the chances. Yeah. But when he's been on the field, he actually has looked like potentially stats-wise a, a, almost a next Paul Gallon. Yeah. Yeah, but not getting their chance this week. So maybe uh, you know a couple of players to, to watch out for later on. Put it on the watch list. That's all the teams. We've got time for a few questions before we uh, wrap this bad boy up. Um, we'll start off with Dom Sullivan, 18. Lachlan Croker, job security. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. I mean, so Kate Cust is another op- uh, chance to play hooker. I think he's injured at the moment. Um, I-, I feel like Croker was ahead of in the pecking order anyway for hooker at this point. I mean, from now on, it'll depend on performances, I guess. So, you know, if he struggles, he'll be on the outer. But um, at this point, I think pretty good. And he's, he's so cheap, there's a lot of upside uh, if he does score well. Yeah, I think the job security may not be absolutely solid, but it's good enough to, to take a punt on him. Still on Manly, uh, Falling Wharf asks thoughts on Dylan Walker. We did talk about him a bit through the, the team's chat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced. But again, potential upside. He just hasn't really done it. <laughs> before, you know, scored well at, at fullback. Yeah. He hasn't played fullback for like five years, four or five years, so a bit risky for mine. Yeah, I guess there's upside there if he goes well. And, and like I said, if he goes from there to centre, he can still make money if he just plays reasonably well. Yep. Um, certainly nowhere near a must-have, but uh, I can see the um, the appeal. Jordan asks, thoughts on starting Ryan James? Sadly, no. In, mm. in years gone by, yes. You know, a few years ago, if you saw Ryan James at his current price, you'd be like, absolutely. But yeah, the injuries have really uh, hit hard, and it's hard to say what game time he's going to get and what condition he's going to be in for round one. Um, but I'd love it if he came back and was mm. a 50 point player again. Yeah, so would I. But like I said before, just happy to see him back on the field for now. And we'll, we, you can have a, a look at how he goes for the first few weeks without having to worry about putting him in your team. Um, Chev asks, this is more of a draft question. That's OK. We take draft questions as well. Who would you start in the centres, Dylan Walker playing fullback or Tyrone Peachy coming off the bench in the middle? Uh, Peachy, for me, he scored really well in that role last year. He might not get those kind of minutes that he had last year, but even in 40 minutes, I think he would probably outscore... Walker, um, he can be very busy in the middle, mm. especially in the second half of games. I mean, the the minutes is the question. If Tino plays big minutes and the edges both play 80 and they've got, you know, all those other guys, um, Mo Fodawaker, all the rest of them playing big minutes in the middle, he, he may not get quite the chances that he had um, last year. He could be the kind of player to really thrive in the, um, you know, the new, even more six again era that we've got this year mm. with... Um, uh, a lot of ball in play and a lot of tiring legs, especially at the end of games in the first few rounds. I imagine this week there'd be a lot of fatigue uh, for teams coming back for the first game of the season and, and Peachy as a bench weapon could be a guy to get a lot of tucker breaks in the second half of games. Yep. Uh, Johnny Leary writes in, great to have you back. Great to have you back, Johnny. Uh, the injury or suspension-induced replacements must-haves now that Ponga, Harry Grant, Johnson, McKinnis, Stephen Haas are all out for a while. Um, I mean, that's it's three of those guys are out for about a month and then one's out for half a season and one's out for a whole season. So it's, I guess it sort of depends on how long in a lot of cases. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's basically it. So the guys who are out for three or four weeks, I wouldn't get too excited about their replacements just yet. Um, fantasy these days, I think cash cows need about six weeks to hit their peak or mm. maybe more. Um so, yeah, I'd avoid those. Johnson being out does help Chad Townsend a lot. I don't know if it'll be enough, but there's certainly potential there for Townsend to be a big money maker with Johnson out. Um, and, yeah, McCulloch's the winner from McInnes being out. So, mm. 
yeah, nothing massive out of those, but um, certainly some things to keep in mind. You know, Hoy, there's a risk. Um, Haas coming back could hurt some middles at Brisbane. Uh, yeah, wait and see. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something you want to keep front of mind when you're picking your team is who's actually going to be back sooner rather than later and, and how that might affect the, the players that have been named in round one. Uh, Dylan writes in thoughts on Welch and Dylan Walker as options. We've talked about Dylan Walker, but Welch... Yeah, he could be one of the winners, I think, um, with the kind of reshuffle at uh, Melbourne. He'll be starting prop. He can play big minutes. He did it a bit last year when there were injuries during games or, or whatnot. So I don't think he's going to be like a cash cow. He's not cheap, but uh, he could post keeper scores for, for a while, at the very least at the start of the season. Uh, not quite in, you know, good enough to be in my team, but, mm. but certain possible upside. He could start really off 50s, in which case a lot mm. of people will jump on in the first few rounds some point in the last year or two he's decided he really likes offloading as well mm. which is not not too bad for for fantasy so if he keeps that up he might be might be handy uh kernbox writes in leds is Corey waddell any value at 430k starting on an edge at canterbury which i did not think was going to happen but he's there uh again it's a it's a good price for starting second row huh? have you you've been considering it he's not in my team i did when i saw the team list this afternoon i, I thought a who's what's going on there and then you see like Fatala Mariners on the bench and Jackson's yep. at lock and, and the way the team's pieced together so he looks like he might if he plays well he'll probably stay there I think uh, he's got a connection with Trent Barrett Waddell I think went from Penrith to Manly yep. to Dogs so he's been under Barrett I'm pretty sure at some point um, Barrett's been both those clubs as well so a um, bit of a, a Barrett pick so he could be safe for the year and like you said 430's not too bad if he's going to play you know 80 minutes or close to it yeah so priced at uh, 32 he's scored he had four games starting in the second row last year uh averaging 46 that includes one try a try save uh a try assist a line break i don't know if you can factor in those kind of things but might be you know if he scores mid 40s then he's a cash cow he's he's great price if he scores right on 40 points it's kind of borderline when there's a lot of other good value players so uh yeah if he plays the 80 there's definite upside just about how much yep 100 percent agree uh, Dean B asks, who are the best halves under 500k? Under 500k? Well, I guess you're getting into your Milford's, uh, Lamb, uh, maybe Townsend. I don't think Brooks mm. is under 500. No. Croker again? Yeah, Croker, yep. Um, Avarillo, though, you probably wouldn't want him in your centres. Yeah, you want halves. him in your centres, yeah. yeah. That's enough. Yeah, that'll do. Yep. They're probably the obvious ones. Um, Anymore. Late one from Nathan Stein. With Dewey to come back after suspension, is Dane Laurie a trap or will Embi drop back to the bench and Laurie hold his spot? Well, I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you find out, yeah. let us know. I think he's so... We mentioned it. So there's a chance he goes back. I think he's still not really a trap because he's so cheap and he's probably going to get game time at some point in the season. Mm. We might just be being uh, you know, swept up in the excitement of how good he was in that trial game, but... Um, Regardless, I think the upside is there, so worth taking a chance on that kind of player. And there are a few players yeah. coming back in the next few rounds as well, so if, worst-case scenario, you can jump off board and pick up someone who's coming back, I think. But, um, yeah, possible trap, I think it's worth the risk. Yeah, like even if he gets dropped after round one, I think it's not the end of the world if he sits yep. on your NPRs for a few weeks and then yep. comes back after a, a, you know six rounds when Michael McGuire works out that he is the best fullback <laughs> at the club. Uh, that's all we've got time for. Don Brock, thanks for your time. Thanks to our new sponsors, DoorDash. Thanks to everyone for writing in and for listening. We're back next week to uh, dissect round one and go through the round two team lists. <laughs>